0: Hey good morning. It's good to see you. It's good to be with you now as we continue in our study of Acts together. Uh it's uh we mentioned yesterday about Stephen being um selected as one of the one of the deacons. We talked how that happened, why that happened and how God uses that. Well, today we're going to see uh Stephen's ministry um here in the church. Um so remember, the, the purpose of the deacons was was to serve. The, the apostle said, it's not good for us to weigh tables. Let's select individuals to, to serve the widows. So that's what Stephen's job was is, was going to be, to, to serve um, the, the widows. And so we see now, though, starting in verse 8, what Stephen's ministry is looking like. So we're going to start in Acts chapter 6, reading with verse 8, going through the end of the chapter, which is only to verse 15. Stephen, full of grace and power, did great Here it is. Wonders and signs. Do you see how we're seeing that phrase again? How all throughout the book of Acts, we're going to see signs and wonders, wonders and signs. That's going to be a constant refrain and a constant thing that happens throughout the the ministry of the early church. Wonders and signs. Did great wonders and signs among the people. Then some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, Cyrenians, Alexandrians, and others of those from Sicilia and Asia. Remember Asia, when you read in the book of Acts, Asia is modern-day Turkey. That's that's we think of Asia, and we think more India, China, uh, Vietnam. Um, In the Bible, in Acts, Asia is going to mean modern-day Turkey. From Cecilia and Asia stood up and argued with Stephen that they cannot withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he spoke. Then they secretly instigated some men to say, "We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God." They stirred up the people as well as the elders and the scribes. And they suddenly confronted him, seized him, and brought him before the council. They set up false witnesses who said, This man never stops saying things against this holy place and the law. We have heard him say that Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and will change the customs that Moses handed on to us. And all who sat on the council looked intently at him. They saw this face was like the face of an angel. Okay, so we see now, Stephen began to preach and teach. And we begin to see that he does these that many, many wonders and signs happened among the people within Stephen's ministry, within the ministry of the other church. And that's once again, that's one thing we're going to see over and over and over again in the book of Acts is how when the church is faithful, when the church is at work, wonders and signs happen all over, and that things work and move in amazing ways. So Stephen here has these signs and wonders, these wonders and signs that happen in his ministry. And we see that in this synagogue. And that's one of the things you're going to see a lot in this early days of the church. You'll see it in Paul's work a lot, too, but you're really going to see it a lot in the earliest days of the church, is this, the straining for what the church is. Because the church is not yet begun to reach out to Gentiles. I mean, you see, you see, Moments here and there, we saw it at you know at Pentecost. We saw people from all over, although most of those were proselytes. But we haven't really begun to see the church truly take hold in Gentile places. We'll see that with Paul's ministry specifically. Uh, Paul is the apostle to the Gentiles, so we're going to see that happen right now. You're really seeing the church move and grow uh, among the Jewish community, and in the, the first believers are, are Jewish in nature. So we see here. That um, uh, when Stephen begins to teach and preach, and things happen, you begin to see opposition rise up from among the synagogue because the, the church is calling people to something different. Um, we see we see the emphasis not upon the keeping of the law, but in belief in Jesus as Lord. In fact, not just belief in Jesus as Lord but fulfill, but Jesus being the fulfillment of the law. Because of what Jesus has done, the law is fulfilled. So notice what they say here, Verses, verse 11. It says, They secretly instigated some men to say, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. Well, why is Moses significant? Well, Moses was the giver of the law. The, the first five books of the Bible are often called the books of Moses. So we see them stirring the pot there among the leaders. Then it says they started the religion, the people, the elders and scribes. So verse um, verse 14, uh, well, verse 13 says, They set up false witnesses who said this man never stopped saying things against this holy place and against the law. For we have heard him say that Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place, this place being the temple, and will change the customs that Moses handed on to us and all on the council looked intently at him this face was like an angel so we see them accusing stephen and that uh, 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 of being unfaithful to the prophets being unfaithful to moses being unfaithful to david and so that that's why it's so important to notice how often when stephen before that peter james john the early apostles, how how their teaching and their preaching, more often than not, comes from the old testament. Because the accusation hurled at them is the fact that they are wanting people to break the old testament or not keep the law or not keep the covenant. And so these early Christians these early teachers and preachers, what they're saying is, no, 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 no. We're not calling you to ignore the law or break the law. What we're saying is that the law was pointing to Jesus. The law was pointing to Jesus. And that Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. That Jesus does for us what the law could not do. And so there's this fear among these religious leaders. Of breaking the law, because you see it in the Old Testament. What happened in the Old Testament when people broke the covenant, broke the law, they got punished. They got sent to exile. So they had this tremendous fear of breaking the covenant or breaking the law. And what we see, what we know is this, that their fear made them love the ritual more than they love the Savior. And I think I think that's a good lesson for us because I, I like I like my routines, y'all. Goodness gracious, I love a routine. I joke a I'm Methodist. I like a method, but I never want to be so comfortable or so fixed on a routine. Or on a method that I'm unwilling to follow first Jesus. Because Jesus will get us out of our comfort zones. He has me. <laughs> I was talking to somebody the other day about that. Um, I made a joke in a sermon recently about chemistry. And it's I sit back and think, you know, I got a chemistry degree. Now I don't remember any of it. You know, I couldn't use it now if I needed to, but here I am talking to y'all on YouTube and Facebook about Jesus, podcasting about Jesus, preaching about Jesus on Sundays. You know, getting outside of the rut we find ourselves in is scary. It is. If you're caught in a rut in your faith, caught in a rut in your life, it's sometimes easier just to stay caught in that rut than it is to step outside of it and be willing to chase Jesus where it is calling you. The religious leaders were comfortable in, they, in, in their rituals, and they were afraid to step outside of them. And Steve was like, no, no, no. Don't you see? You're going to see it tomorrow and the next day when we read his sermon that he gives to the council. He's going to say, No, guys, you're missing it. It isn't that Jesus is breaking the law. It isn't that we're calling you to break the law. We're calling you to see what the law was pointing to. That all the law, all the law, all the law is pointing to Jesus. That's the point of it. If we're willing to look and see, step outside and understand, We'll see that. So today, what rut you? What rut are you caught in? What rut in your faith? What rut in your life? What thing are you kind of stuck in? And how is Jesus calling you to get outside that? I said, I love me a, I love me a routine, y'all. I'm a master of routines. But I want to follow Jesus more than my routines. So where in your life is Jesus calling you to step outside of your routines? Step outside your ruts. Step outside of these things and follow him. Let's be obedient, y'all. Let's follow him wherever it is that he's calling us to be. Hey, thanks for being with us today as we study the book of Acts. We're going to pick up tomorrow with chapter 7. We're going to read. Chapter seven is really one big section. Well, you have the very end. We'll probably break chapter seven in half, probably around verse 20 or 30, probably with verse 30. So we'll probably read tomorrow, um, chapter seven, verses one through 30. Uh, thanks for being with us. Have a great rest of your day.